It feels good to be a gangster. A real gangster ass nigga plays his cards right. A real gangster ass nigga never runs his fucking mouth because real gangster ass niggas don't start fights. Hey everybody, Tyler and Ray here. You want to say hi, Ray? Hi, Ray. Again. <laughs> uh, we're just starting the second episode on Monday, October 21st, and we just finished the, you know, discussing about uh, future, yeah, future plans for Max Ordnance and, uh, Kind of doing a review of uh, Competition Dynamics Team Safari and how things went for us. And, you know, it was it was a good 47 minutes. So it, I hope you guys listen to it. And at any point in time, if there's something that you want us to talk about or to cover or training methods or anything, send us a direct message. Send us an email. You can email me, tyler at maxordnate.com. You can... Contact us through our website, maxornet.com. You can go to our social media, Facebook, Instagram. I don't do the Twitter or whatever that thing is, but those other two, you can hit us up there, send us messages, um, try to get back to you as soon as possible, and, uh, you know, cover the topics that you guys want to hear and, and, you know, learn about. So, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, on our website, we've always put free downloadable targets and you can go to our website see what targets that you want which training aspect you want to train for we have targets that cover a wide range of skill sets and they're all to be done at 100 yards so you can check out these free targets you can do holdovers you can do supported positions you can incorporate time accuracy precision you name it there is something there to help you so go to our website, download these free targets, and get out there and start training. Every few months, I develop new targets, and we use these same targets in our in our training classes. So yeah, you're not getting anything different, or I'm not doing anything different than what you're getting from the website. Well, it was not the whole point of developing these targets, because we had our own proprietary target that we were using in class and then we wanted our students to continue to practice exactly you know be able to leave the training course and still practice the targets that we use so they're on the website you can download them for free print them off on your at-home printer eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper get to the range put some holes in it evaluate and figure out how to get better read the papers a lot of the papers will talk about if this is happening, this is why, right? Or follow our social media accounts. So anyways, moving on. The subject for this episode is supported positional shooting. In the classes, when I go through PR2, law enforcement class, all of these different classes that cover positional shooting, there are nine principles. And I call them principles, right? Because you want to implement them. But there's sometimes that you're going to have to Sacrifice. Sacrifice, right? Um, I, I want this. This is the fundamental that I want. Well, if I'm going to have that, then I have to sacrifice this one. So just right off the bat, you've got bone support, right? Creating that structural stability with your body connected to the ground or the barricade or the platform you're shooting from and building a structurally sound position. Then you have muscle relaxation, right? Relaxing your body, 
not tensing up, not rolling the shoulder forward, relaxing and allowing for a natural position that's similar to the prone so that your rifle is staying true to its zero. Then we have natural point of aim, right? Naturally aiming at the target. Again, staying true to your rifle's zero and not influencing where that bullet will go while the rifle is recoiling. Natural point of aim allows you to be the most consistent from shot to shot to shot. But it also, from different barricades, you know, positions, whatever, allows you to get on target and stay on target because you're not fighting where the rifle wants to aim. You're naturally aiming at the target. And then we have maximized contact with the ground, right? And some of these principles that I'm getting into now, you got the first three, the first main three. Bone support, muscle relaxation, natural point of aim. The rest of the principles, if you think about them, they all fall into those three. And I am a stickler for following those three, trying to achieve all three all the time. Doesn't always happen, but that's the goal, right? So maximize contact with the ground. Where do you think that falls in? Bone support? Yes, sir. Okay. So maximizing contact with the ground, your body to the ground. The ground is the most stable. So maximizing contact with it will assist you in that stability aspect, right? Some of the positions you might not be able to get maximum contact with the ground. Maybe it's a standing position. So if we're talking about just two feet touching the ground, how can we maximize contact? Well, we can't, but we can still maximize area that we cover, right? A wider position provides a little bit mm -hmm. wider, you know, more stable uh, platform to shoot from. So here I was uh, taking pictures of um, Andy Reinhardt yes. um, at the last stage, and he was shooting prone, but it was over these rocks, right? Yeah. So you couldn't lay flat. But what I saw him doing, he was stuffing bags under his body. Maximizing and contact exactly. with the ground. Exactly. So on top of that, you've got <clears throat> maximize contact with the support, which could be a rock, which could be a rooftop, which could be a car, it could be a barricade, it could be who knows. But if that support is stable, if it is touching the ground and it has a structural stability to it, then it is already more stable than you are. Mm -hmm. So trying to maximize contact. Now there's two different aspects to maximizing contact with the support. One is your body sliding one direction or the other, left or right, maybe leaning into a wall or the rifle. Rooftop is always my primary example. When you're shooting a rooftop, you want to maximize the points of contact that your rifle has with that roof. So not just the handguard touching the roof, magazine. but then the magazine. Yeah. Maybe a bag underneath the buttstock that's also touching the roof and the buttstock. So now you've developed three different points of contact. And if you could get your elbows to touch the rooftop, now you've got more stability, right? So it's just taking these principles and applying them to different positions. But maximizing contact with the support goes with both rifle and body, right? Just remember, you are the weakest link of this system. And you are trying to be a good shooter, apply the fundamentals, breathing, trigger press, sight picture, sight alignment, all of these things, while also trying to remove you, 
right? And I know it sounds weird, but you're trying to take some of your instability out of the equation, right? And these are some of the methods that you can do that. Maximize contact with the ground or maximize contact with the support. And then we've got balance, right? And balance is a, it's a tricky one because every rifle is different. What size barrel you have, how much does your gun weigh, how much does the buttstock weigh? So finding these balance points on your rifle allows you for different setups whether it's a 2x4 barricade, it's a rope, a rooftop, whatever it is, right? If you only can get one point of contact with that support, there will be less effort required from you as a shooter to hold that buttstock up or to aim that rifle if the rifle is balanced on the barricade. You know what I'm saying, Ray? Yes, sir. So that's a huge one, and every rifle is different. So... A lot of the gas gun rifles, that's the biggest issue that you see because the balance point is almost every gas gun that I've picked up, the balance point is like uh, right under the magazine mm -hmm. or under the trigger because the buttstock, the so bolt heavy. carrier, everything is mm -hmm. so heavy right in that meaty area that the balance point is just non-existent. Like you have no way of actually balancing the rifle at those points because the magazine's in the way, right? So, something to think about. If you run a gas gun, maybe start building it differently. Start looking at... Longer what, barrel. <laughs> longer barrel, where the weight transfer is, you know? Well, how to move that balance point, all right? But balance is huge when it comes to overall effort that the shooter has to apply, all right? And I like mine. But most gas gunners aren't, like, really doing what we're doing. I think gas guns have a, a, a bad rap in precision competitive shooting because it's so much different dealing with a gas gun. Yeah, but most precision gas guns, they have longer barrels, so they don't really have the issue that Okay, you could take back heavy. You could take some of the rifles I competed with. And I've won matches with with gas guns. But they were still heavier in the rear using magpul stock or whatever it was. Um, but you're using like 18 inch barrels that's true uh, i also had a suppressor on the front so that helped bring yeah. the weight forward um the recoil impulse of gas guns is different so you're dealing you know instead of just bang one recoil into your shoulder with a bolt gun that gas gun side now what have you got You've got the recoil, you've got the bolt traveling to the rear, then you've got the bolt slamming forward, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got these different recoil impulses that you're trying to deal with while watching the target, spotting your impact, and staying on target, and controlling that rifle while the bullet's traveling down the barrel. There's a lot that goes into it. But this is not a gas gun conversation. So, next principle, soft on hard contact, right? And what we're talking about is, could be the body, but it's most likely the rifle. We want something to take up some of that recoil energy, some of that recoil vibration from the rifle to the barricade, right? So we want something soft in between. Could be a game changer. Could be a, what's a wee bad uh, fortune cookie. Mm -hmm. It could be the Coltac bag. The Coltac bag, right? All of these different bags help take up that vibration. They also help steady and balance the rifle and trust me 
there are different bags for different scenarios. So when we say soft on hard, the preferable soft is something with a little bit of weight to it and the rifle can settle in and kind of grip around it. Yeah, not like a pump pillow. If you use a pump pillow, as you apply pressure to one spot, the rest of it becomes hard. And now it's just a rifle kind of rolling around on top of a, I don't even know, like a balloon almost. Yeah. So uh, soft on hard, but you want the right kind of soft. And then if you apply that to your body, to your supported position, let's say you're in a kneeling. You got your elbow resting on your shooting side leg, which is in the up position, right? Well, you don't want your elbow on your kneecap. It's two hard surfaces rolling around like two marbles, giving you a bunch of instability when you can take that elbow and put it in the top of your thigh. Now you have a soft on hard, right? Ideally, you'd want a soft on soft if you could. Uh, so like the tricep or you know the, the soft portion behind the elbow inside the thigh, right? Those would be uh, areas where you'd wanna go with that, right? So soft on hard contact, that principle is very important. And then finally, support the rear elbow. Ray, you've been through PR2, you've been through my LE course. How many times do I sit there and say, support the rear elbow, support the rear elbow? When do you think about that? What And what part of your, I'm gonna get into this position, engage these targets, when, when are you thinking about, how am I gonna support the rear elbow? I'm not thinking about it because it comes naturally. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of the first things yeah. that pops in your head, right? Because you've been trained that way, right? And your, your, your voice pops up in my head, even when you're not there, it's creepy. It, definitely creepy. So support the rear elbow. So anytime I get down into a position, I'm running on autopilot. But the first thing that you should be thinking about when you're practicing, when you're dry firing, when you're in a match and you haven't built that muscle memory yet is as you're running through the mental part of the stage, right? You've got the physical part where you're doing the stage, you're doing the match, you're doing whatever shooting you're doing, maybe you're hunting. But the mental aspect, that game planning, that visualization of this is how I'm going to run the stage, you should always be thinking about how can I support the rear elbow, the shooting side elbow, because that is where all of your stability comes from. That is controlling the rifle and it needs to be supported. It has to be. If at all possible, find a way. So that's when you have your rifle supported, like you have a front support for your rifle correct. already some type of support position which is what this whole conversation is about. yeah but so, like some people don't understand what you're talking about all right well the rifle is supported by an object you know it could be tall bipods it could be a tripod it could be a barricade a car you know anything where the front of the rifle is supported by an object and these are the principles that you want to follow now going back what would you say in your opinion I'm not going to say it's right or wrong, but in your opinion, you look at these nine principles, Ray, which ones or which one is like the one that jumps out to you and says, I need to always have this. <laughs> and I found this out more like shooting competitions mm -hmm. um, and it is natural point of aim. Natural point of aim. Yeah. I, w I couldn't agree with you more. 
you might have to sacrifice bone support. You might have to sacrifice a little muscle relaxation. But that natural point of aim, you standing behind whatever position you're about to shoot from, and it could even be the prone. Okay, let's talk about natural point of aim. Can you describe to our listeners what it means? I was, I was just going to get into that. Okay. And then you started talking. <laughs> <laughs> but you're standing behind your position, body facing the target, right? You set your rifle down, aiming towards the target. Naked eye, you set your rifle down, aiming towards the target. So you've established a general natural aiming point thus far. Would you agree? Correct. Okay. Now, let's say it's a kneeling position. One knee down, shooting side knee up, right? Mm -hmm. Your goal is to support that rear elbow with your leg. That's where you ultimately want to be, right? So you get down in position. Well, think about the mechanics of dropping down into a kneeling position. And if you can't think about it, just get your ass up out of your chair right now and try it. When you drop down to one single knee into a kneeling position, your body wants to twist. It wants to rotate in the direction of the leg that's staying up. That's wrong. You now changed your body's natural aiming point to the right or to the left. So when you drop your rifle onto this support, it's naturally aiming at your target. You get down into a kneeling position. You keep your chest aiming at that target. Settle down into your position. Get the rifle high into the shoulder, just like you would in the prone. Set your cheek, right? You can look over the scope to do last minute position changes, the last minute aiming, and that's what I do. I look over my optic generally aiming at the target that I can see naked eye. Now, if I gotta do any type of moving, let's say as I got into position, I look over the scope, I see the target, but I'm not aiming at the target naturally, just naked eye. I need to move my body. There is no aiming in precision rifle with your arms and your hands. It's all done with your hips and your body. So I'm gonna shift right, left, small adjustments here, small adjustments there, Get my position naturally aiming towards the target, just naked eye. That's the starting point. This is how you build that repetition, that muscle memory, that you know autopilot that we're talking about. And then you can dig into the scope. Now you can look through the optic and find the target, right? And if you've looked over the scope first, naked eye, you'll be able to find that target much easier without cycling through your magnification because you've got those reference points around the target and you've got the target itself and you've already naturally aimed at it. Once I'm looking through the scope, now I'm gonna settle into my position. Any last minute things, maybe my foot that's down, my knee that's touching the ground, I'm gonna sit on that foot instead of curling the toe. It's gonna to lower my position, but it's gonna give me more contact with the ground and build a stabler position. So if it allows me to do that, I will. My shooting side elbow is now touching the knee that's up, my shooting side knee. I look through the scope, exhale, relax. Where does the scope naturally want to go? Where does the reticle naturally want to go? If it goes to the right, your natural point of aim is off. You need to shift your body to the right 
to bring that reticle left onto the target. This is that natural point of aim that we're talking about. If the reticle goes high, well, it's because when you relaxed, your body got lower and the crosshair got higher. So you need to do more to build your position. Maybe it's a bag between your crotch. You're sitting on it, you're kneeling on it. Or it's a bag under your elbow, something to bring your upper body up higher, right? So these are those natural points of aims that we're talking about. If you violate this rule, what you will see is when you move the rifle with your arms or your hands, you're not naturally aiming at the target. You just move the rifle to aim at the target. You're using muscle. <laughs> you're using muscle, but the rifle is going to fight you the entire time. The rifle wants to go right. You want the rifle to go left, and it's a constant battle of who's going to win. And then also after you shoot, you're going to be off target. And then you're going to waste more time trying to find the target. And then you're going to time out. <laughs> so that's Ask a me great how I know. point. So you, you fight the rifle because you don't have that natural point of aim. You did not take the five seconds to do your body adjustments to get naturally aimed at the target. So you've got this wide left and right wobble zone. And you're fighting the rifle the whole time. And you're hating this position. And now you're not thinking about wind. You're not thinking about anything. You're thinking about how to press that trigger when the reticle is on target. Now, you might hit. I'm not saying that you won't hit. But after the shot, because that recoil is transferring from rifle to body, you have an uneven position. The buttstock is not square in the shoulder. You are not naturally aiming at the target. That rifle will recoil off target. You will miss the impact. You will miss where the bullet went. You will miss seeing the target. How did it swing? How was your re how was your wind call? All of these most important things, information that you're trying to gather. You just lost it. And now you go to the next target and you're lacking all of this information. So it just keeps building. One problem turns into two, and two turns into four, and before you know it, you've accumulated this big ball of fucking problems. <laughs> just snowballing. And it just frustrates you, right? <laughs> I tell all my students, don't worry about the time, right? Because the hits are what count. Finishing under time does not give you any extra points. So take the time. Build that position, build that natural point of aim, and then follow the rest of the principles as you can. It will greatly improve your hit percentage, improve your ability to spot your impacts. We talked about it in a couple episodes before. Why is everybody moving to 25, 22 pound rifles? Because those heavier rifles are allowing them to dip on the fundamentals. If I don't have to worry about the recoil jumping the rifle off target, then I can get away with a shitty ass position. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. So there's an aspect to rifle fundamentals. I am a firm believer, master the fundamentals. And if you still want to go with a 25 pound rifle, then do it. Didn't you just build a 25 pound I rifle? I did. <laughs> I'm not knocking the 25-pound rifle. What I'm trying to knock is you should not be using this gear or these benefits of heavy rifles to be shitty at the fundamentals. You should master those fundamentals. You should practice those. And I'm actually going back to um, 
Well, for practice, 308. Exactly. Because that recoil is going to make you, force you to get into that good position, control that recoil, control that rifle, spot your own impacts. And then when you get behind that tiny little 6BRA that you got. It's like nothing. That's made from uh, Tate over at Impact Precision. He's my favorite. (laughs) You're going to be on target, but you're going to have the right fundamentals. Correct. So, natural point of aim, by far, the most important fundamental. And then after that comes that bone support, that muscle relaxation, tying in those different principles and figuring out, well, you know what? I cannot maximize contact with the support, but I can get the rear elbow supported, right? Or vice versa, I can maximize contact with the support, but I can't get my rear elbow supported. So which one do you choose? There is no right answer. You have to figure that part out by yourself. Which one do you want to go with? Which one's going to provide the most benefit? And the only way you can make these decisions is if you understand each principle and the effect that they have. Now there's one last one that we haven't discussed. I'm saving this one for the end because it doesn't get used a lot. Engage vertical support. If you're shooting from a wooden barricade, if you're shooting from any type of platform that has some type of 90 degree L shape, slide that rifle towards that vertical L. You're gonna minimize that left and right. You will, right? Now, not only is the rifle supported horizontally, but you are jamming it into a vertical element that is also taking away some of that left and right wobble, all right? So vertical support, can't stress it enough. A lot of the times it's there, but you have not trained to think about using it. You just plop your bag down in the middle of that wooden spot, put your rifle on top, and here you go, right? Slide the rifle to the right. Engage that vertical beam. Now you've got an L bracket that is cradling your rifle now you can bring your left hand up. Maybe Smash it. Maybe your left forearm is capable of touching the barricade. Now you have contact with the support. And now you take your left hand, maybe put it over the top of your, uh, your scope and apply a slight pressure down, right? Just tightening up that support. So let's talk about this position for me. Um, it's harder for me to do that just because of how my body is built. I'm just, just say you're short. I'm short. Um, but I find that a lot more stable. So I will sacrifice being straight behind the rifle for that added support for my left hand. All day, right? Yeah. So again, sometimes things like that have to be a decision that you make. Ray is choosing to twist her body, to turn her shoulders, you know, 45 degree angle to the target. By doing that, what's she gaining? Stability. Stability by being able to reach the barricade with her non-firing hand or being able to have contact with it and also have contact with her rifle. When you think about your right and your left arm, okay, if you're a right-handed shooter, your rifle is in your right shoulder. If you think about your body as a triangle, right, and you want both hands to be able to connect with the rifle to control, then it forms this stability triangle, right? If your left hand isn't doing anything for you, you need to change that. Find a way for it to do something for you. 
for it to even out, right? Because when that rifle fires, you will get recoil in the right shoulder. If your left shoulder is not being equally opposed, right? If it's not touching the barricade, if it's not having some type of force to keep it from moving, then during that recoil, your upper body will twist and rotate with that force. You need something to balance that. That's where that left hand, that left arm comes into play. So just go over these one more time. You got the main three, bone support, muscle relaxation, and then most importantly, getting that natural point of aim. From there, maximize contact with the ground, whether it's the space that you cover or it's the physical parts of your body actually touching the ground. Good example, kneeling position. You're a right-handed shooter, your left knee is down. You could tuck your toe, it'll elevate your body, but now how much contact does that left leg have with the ground? Not much. None. Flatten that foot out. Put a rear bag underneath that ankle. Now from knee to toe, it's all touching the ground. Same thing goes for your position in that kneeling. How close is your shooting side foot to your knee? Again, think about different shapes. What's more stable? A triangle sitting on one of its flat edges or a triangle sitting on its point? Flat edges. Flat edges. So bring that shooting side foot in the kneeling position farther out. You want from knee to foot straight vertical up and down. That shin bone should be pointing straight up, right? It's going to widen your base, going to give you more stability. And then maximize contact with the support. Nine times out of ten, the support that you are forced to shoot from is more stable than you are as a human being. Most of the time. So utilize it. Get an elbow in there. Get multiple points of contact with the rifle touching the support. Engage vertical support. Achieve balance with your rifle. Find that balancing point. There's less effort involved by you, the shooter, to aim that rifle. So find the balance point. And then we've got soft on hard contact. Putting something soft help absorb some of that recoil energy. And then finally, support the rear elbow. I cannot stress it enough. Support the rear elbow. Until you are an autopilot machine and you can look at any stage and mentally process how you are going to do it, that should be the first thing that you are thinking about. How can I support the rear elbow? So, that's really <clears throat> everything I've got for supported positions, all right? I will leave you with this. When you get out to the range or you're at your house and you are dry firing, whenever your practice time is, keep building that muscle memory. It's a process, right? And the process starts from the minute you pick up that rifle. When are you going to dial your dope? When are you going to set your parallax? for that first target. Magnification. What magnification do you need to be on to start? How much time are you wasting? If you throw your rifle up there, it's on max power, and then you gotta power down, find the target, power back up, all right? So these are all time issues. They're efficiencies, problems. Scope caps. <laughs> Scope caps, right? It's a process, people. I can't stress it enough. And these principles fall into that process. Breathing. Trigger control, natural point of aim, focus on the reticle, sight picture, sight alignment, right? All of these things, it's a process. 
Keep the process simple and make it yours. Own it. Own that process. Develop it into a muscle memory, a good habit. And then eventually, every time you are required to shoot from this spot or that spot or this crazy-ass barricade, or maybe it's a chicken wire fence. Who knows? Chicken wire fence. (laughs) But none of this changes. The principles stay the same. The fundamentals don't change. And your process remains the same. And you just go. And now the only thing that your brain physically has to process is, what's my wind call? Where did the shot go? What's my correction? What's the next target? What's my dope, right? Instead of thinking about, damn, how do I get an extra point of aim? Oh, shit, I'm supposed to support my rear elbow. Oh, damn, I didn't do this, right? Now your mind is wandering and you're not thinking about shooting. So develop the process. It will be that much easier for you no matter what you are using these skills for. You got anything else you want to add, Ray? Um, I do. <laughs> so I just want to, you know, share with you guys what I did lately. Um, so I have lost um, a good amount of weight. And I did it because I was always so tired and fatigued and I wasn't you know, running my stages fast. And I just came back from the Bakersfield match and there was this one stage where it was very technical and there was a lot of movement in between. And I have noticed that losing that weight on my rifle and my body had made me a lot faster. It's that functional fitness I always hear about, but I always kind of brush off. It actually works and I have noticed a difference in my performance shooting because of it i think it's awesome and i kind of want to add to that point um a little bit we both lost weight right something that i've noticed not weighing as much and you don't have to tell everybody how much weight you lost i know it's a girl thing it's kind of like don't (laughs) tell your age and shit right (laughs) for me back in let's let's say last winter right when all I was doing was, you know, lifting, but I wasn't on any type of diet. I wasn't losing any weight yet. I was 180 pounds. I'm now 150. That's a 30-pound difference. And the biggest thing I've noticed is how my body reacts to recoil. There's not as, there's not as much mass <laughs> behind me Yes. to take up that recoil. Yeah. So the effects of bad position are magnified right now it's not saying i want to get fat and you know go back to 180 200 pounds because i don't I love and that's not fat because you're you're just not as tall as everybody that's true right now i wasn't i wasn't fat i was a husky that's what they call it right big boned big boned <laughs> but i have noticed that any slippage in my principles or my positioning and the recoil is felt much more. I'll jump off target or I won't be able to keep the reticle on target. I won't be able to see the impact because I don't have that mass behind me anymore. And that's something that the rest of you need to consider as well. If you lose weight or if you change something, right? If you weigh less, your body will accept that recoil differently. And that's something that you need to learn how to manage. And if those fundamentals are correct and you've been practicing them the right way, then this will not affect you, right? No matter what weight you're at, okay? Um, So keep that in mind. That is something that I have noticed big. 
is is body accepting recoil when it doesn't have that extra 30 pounds of love behind it maybe you're just sucking I could be just sucking, right? <laughs> That's but, why you're going you're going heavy now. But, the um, rifle. <laughs> so I guess my question to you is: uh, Have you noticed any differences with your weight loss? Um, no, not at all. Uh, well, I mean, it actually just happened recently, um, and I haven't, you know, spent a lot of time like shooting groups or anything like that. But what I've noticed was the benefit of. Um, positional shooting. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of um, stuff in the way when you get into <laughs> positions. You got more air. You got more breathing. air and yeah. you can like bend and, you know, I'm more flexible now because I've been working on stretching too. Yeah. And yeah, you might be onto something there, Ray. That's probably why I added the weight kit back to my rifle to try and take up some of the, uh, add the weight that I lost to the rifle. Well, I'm going lighter with my rifle too. I went lighter in caliber. But, uh, you know, it's just it's just a matter of practice guys ladies okay getting back to the basics and um you know recently i discussed it with ray and my business partner that uh should i do the nrl championship and i haven't really competed in a match like that since july you know it's been a little bit and um I did a monthly match not long ago, and I tried to use my eight-pound ultralight rifle, and <laughs> things really started to jump out to me that some positions I was in, I was really controlling the rifle, getting good hits, but then other positions I was starting to, you know, kind of slack in my fundamentals a little bit. Yep. And I was noticing it. With an eight-pound rifle, I don't care what freaking round you're shooting, that thing is going to jump if you got a bad position. And that's what was happening. And I was right in the middle of the stage. I'm like, holy shit, I need to fix my position like right now. Yeah, I know, I've i noticed myself getting lazy shooting a, a six mil so compared to my other ones. Thinking about the NRL championship, if I'm going to go, you know, I want to make sure that I'm going and that my gear is in the best condition it can be. And I'm also training in my best possible condition right it's it's a championship guys so it needs to be taken seriously in my opinion if you're just gonna go and you don't care then you know let somebody else take your spot who does give a shit so that's kind of where i'm at right now is uh going back to my training plan and saying from now until the nrl championship i am dedicating myself to this plan and we wrote this plan out we started thinking about how many times a month or a week we're going to live fire? When are we going to do runs through actual stages and get our timing down and start looking at spotting impacts and, you know, really getting back into that style of shooting and taking it seriously. And I know, Ray, you've been doing that same thing up in uh, your uh, little training area, right? Mm -hmm. Getting back to those basics. And when I say getting back to the basics, I mean, I'm not training with a timer right now right now it's all about getting back to my process building my positions developing that autopilot reinforcing all of those good habits and getting rid of the bad and then introducing timers then introducing other things but even even the best shooters got to take a step back and say i need to reaffirm my base right my foundation and then go from there and it's only going to strengthen you in the long run so if you're planning on going to the nrl championship I look forward to seeing you guys there, hanging out, you know, having some beers, 
But I hope that from now until then, you will come up with a training plan. Maybe that's something that we talk about in the next episode, Ray, is kind of what our training plan entails. That sounds good. And where we're starting and where we hope to end right before the championship starts. Yeah, and I've been using that um, performance analysis book you gave me. Yeah, that was a, a gift I gave her, a performance analysis to record every single day that she trains, whether it's dry firing or it is live fire at the range, drills that she runs, new gear that she gets, how that gear helps her, how it doesn't. She's writing these things down and keeping a log so that she can find solutions to problems and that so she doesn't repeat mistakes going forward. So that's all I got. I wish you guys all a great week. We will reconvene our podcast next week and go from there. I know you got some school stuff coming up that you got to deal with so we might just have ray over the phone for that one uh, because we'll be in different spots i'll probably be out at the range for the rest of this year (laughs) not being able to get away from it but uh again if you've seen me out at some of these matches uh you know i love hanging out with you guys i appreciate all the kind words about our podcast appreciate you guys listening and following our social media, you know, don't be afraid to comment. Throw some comments out. Ask some questions. We love hearing it. We love being able to interact with everybody. And, you know, we're just trying to make everybody better. That's our ultimate goal is that, uh, you know, everybody is able to benefit from what we're doing. So, Ray? Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a trophy. I'm just kidding. No, you don't. Ha. You need to earn it. <laughs> Uh, for 2020, please check into Competition Dynamics matches. Love to see you guys out there getting better, growing as shooters. Got some really cool stuff uh, planned with those guys next year, uh, with me kind of jumping in and assisting with some things to enhance Competition Dynamics. And uh, I'm not going to go into too many details, but I will tell you that I am looking to really give a return on investment to sponsors. I think that sponsor involvement is more of a luxury. You know, they don't have to do it. They don't have to throw these prizes down on the table, you know, $2,000 scope or $1,000 chassis or $5,000 rifles or anything. You know, no, no matter how big or small it is, these companies don't have to do that, but they are. They're supporting you and they need our support back. Whether it's a social media post, it's taking a picture in front of their banner, it's, you know, you don't even run their gear, but you're thanking them for sponsoring the match. And you might not even have won one of their prizes, but that's the level of giving back that we have to get to, all right? Or, you know what's eventually going to happen? These companies aren't going to support these matches anymore. And depending on, you know, what your goals are, nothing against it. Some shooters go for prizes. I like the trophies. I like winning. Bragging rights. I like for to me. brag. You know, I like to talk <laughs> shit to uh, Chris Way and Andy, Colin. Even though they whipped all of our asses this time around. Tate didn't even come. Tate, Tate. I will be there to defend my trophy at Steel Safari 2020. Tate and Dorgan. I know Dorgan came up to me. He's like, "You gonna be at Steel Safari?" Well, yes, I am. He's like, "Good." Because I want to beat you. Like, All right. <laughs> the challenge is accepted. So depending on what your motives are for going to these matches, right, we got to give back. we got to show return on investment to these companies. And that's what I want to help Competition Dynamics with is boosting 
all of the support and love that we show for these sponsors and really getting something in return for their dedication to the sport. So follow along, come to these matches, throw up a post about, you know, not just your sponsors, but people that sponsor these matches. Take care of them. They'll take care of us. Appreciate you guys listening. We will chat with you later. This is Tyler and Ray, and we're out. Real gangsta ass niggas gon' flex nuts, cause real gangsta ass niggas know they got em. And everything's cool in the mind of a gangsta, cause gangsta ass niggas think deep. Up 365, yo, 24-7, cause real gangsta ass niggas don't sleep. And all I gotta say to you, wanna be, gonna be cocksucking pussy pranksters, is when the fire dies down, what the fuck you gonna do? Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. <laughs>